Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Daniel Gallen. Okay, Penn State football fans, Outback Bowl week. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Daniel Gallen. We are in Tampa, Florida. It's been a long travel day. You guys don't want to hear about it, but we've made it. We're in Tampa as we're going to record this on a Tuesday night, about four or five days away from Penn State's Outback Bowl and the first of a couple we're going to be doing here, Daniel. We traveled together, flew out of Dulles, a little touch and go there, had a little bit of a traffic jam from uh, Orlando, and then we drove into Tampa. Tampa's beautiful. It's 80 degrees. It's perfect weather for any Penn State fan that wanted to come down for this game. But there's one caveat. The Penn State team that we saw at the end of last year, that's not really going to be the Penn State team, Daniel, uh, that we're going to see against Arkansas. It's a much different looking team. We knew there were going to be some opt-outs, and they're coming fast and furious. What's your take on – first of all, I hope you had a great Christmas. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to survive uh, the trip as well. But what's your take just on the last couple of crazy days? I, I thought all along, Daniel, the opt-outs might come sooner rather than later. But now it's like I'm not sure they're even done as we talk about this. There could be another one, but it's just we're going to get to them all. But just your thoughts on what's been a pretty wild last four or five days. Yeah, so it's Tuesday Tuesday night around 9.15. Mm-hmm. Uh, this afternoon while we were waiting in Dulles, Arnold Evichetti, uh announced he was opting out. Uh, last night, Jahan Dotson announced he was opting out. Uh, earlier yesterday, uh, Jaquan Brisker announced he was opting out. So those are the three most recent. And then yeah. earlier, obviously, the linebackers, Ellis Brooks and Brandon Smith. So I think a big thing for me was that it wasn't a question of if for me on any of these guys. It yeah. was always a question of when. There's been some email readers emailing in asking about, why are they making these decisions now? Why are they doing it now? But right. I think that these decisions have probably been made. You know, Ebiketti's been training, not in state college <laughs> uh, recently. So I think that it's just kind of a, a question of, of when they wanted to make these announcements for whatever reason they might have, whether it's maybe it's a little competitive advantage, some gamesmanship Changed. or, yeah, that's <laughs> or crazy. just trying to. To make it so that these guys get their um, their own shine. Their own runway. Their own runway. So, you know, none of it surprised me. We kind of all knew that these were coming. These, This is the right decision for a lot of these guys. Yeah. I think that there's none of these have been kind of have taken me by surprise or or I haven't been like, well, maybe that guy going to the draft is fine, but he should have played mm-hmm. in the Outback Bowl. None of that's happened to me mm-hmm. yet. So I think that it's kind of what you expected and now you kind of look at the more interesting thing, who's going to replace them? Right. How is Penn State going to to make this work? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many Penn State fans are thinking about gambling on this game. I would say probably a lot. But it's been, you know, Penn State opened as a slight favorite, three or four points. Now Arkansas is a slight favorite. I think they should be more than a slight favorite, given, given the way that they, even though they lost Traylon Burks, who's a great receiver, um, what they're trying to do on game day on offense, 
doesn't match up with all the losses Penn State's had on defense. But that's a little too much strategy, I think, for a Tuesday uh, for a bowl game. But it just it's just very surprising to me that uh, for a team that finished seven and five, lost five of their last seven. We're talking about a significant amount of people that have opted out. I thought maybe two or three more might have entertained the possibility of opting out of the bowl game. We'll wait and see. Every time we talk about something as it's set in stone, we always comes back to bite us uh, in the backside, Daniel. But let's – everyone – I know we, I think the fan base is very appreciative of Jahan Dotson. So let's look at some of the guys, Jaquan Brisker and Arnold Ebiketti, who are not going to play in the bowl game. Their careers at Penn State are done. Brisker played a much longer time. Ebiketti, the Temple transfer – Really, really saved, I think, the day for Penn State at defensive end after Adisa Isaac went down and they lose Odafe Owe uh, and Shaka Tony. So I think even though he only played one year, he wasn't all first team all Big Ten player. I think Penn State fans have they should look back with nothing but love for this guy because he's a tremendous player. I think he's going to be better in the pros. I wish him well. I talked to him a number of times during the season. I know you did too, Daniel. Just a genuinely nice guy, uh, very introspective, um, and I love the fact that he capitalized. He had one shot to get it right, and boy, did he deliver for Penn State. A good player. I think he's going to be missed, and I think he's one of the better defensive ends Penn State's had uh, during the James Franklin era. And he immediately endeared himself uh, with that opener at Wisconsin. Yeah. I think first play of the game, he had a tackle for a loss, finished that game, two tackles for a loss, um, a big sack, bucked the field goal. That proved to be, you know, kind of a. He a ruined Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz was never the same after Arnold Ebiketti got a. He forced an intentional ground to call late in that game. Yep. He yep. should have had a turnover on a forced fumble. They, 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 I think they over, they reviewed it, didn't, but he was just a, just a whirlwind in that game and, even though there were other games, Daniel, I thought that he was he had great numbers, but every game I thought he brought his A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a huge. I, he also I thought he was he made the play that won the Michigan game. He forced that turnover late yep. in the game. Yep. Everyone wants to talk about Aiden Hutchinson and Ajabo. I think I had that right. Arnold was right there with them in that game. He made the big play. Unfortunately, Penn State's defense; those two guys ran into each other. <laughs> now Michigan's in the playoff, but I mean it just he's just an incredible player. I enjoyed him, but let's spin it forward, Daniel. So he's not playing. We're not sure what role Jesse Lucetta is going to have because they might need a more at linebacker than they do at defensive end because they're so short uh, of linebacker personnel, but when you look at the defensive end group uh, minus him, and you look at an Arkansas team that's going to definitely want to run the ball with a, a, a nice stable of running backs and a running quarterback, if you're Penn State, what's the game plan from for for your defensive end room? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of guys that we didn't really see a lot of this year. Yep. Obviously, Nick Tarburton was one of those three starting defensive ends with Lucetta and Ebiketti. Um, I, I personally do think we're going to see a lot of Lucetta at linebacker yeah. just with the fact that when Brooks went down, he, he moved there sure. or when Brooks was out for mm-hmm. targeting, he, yep. he went back there. So I think that that kind of makes, makes sense just kind of in how the pieces move, but mm-hmm. that leaves you with just Nick Tarburton and then, uh, Smith Vilvert, who I think we were both really high on coming into this year and that <laughs> one still waiting, still, <laughs> still waiting. waiting. And then. Zariah Fisher, who yeah. got some playing time. His reps gradually mm-hmm. increased. He's another guy that made the switch from linebacker to the end. Um, and I think that people was- are pretty pretty high on him. I think the last – I think Ebiketti, John Scott, you know, we've we've heard some, some good things about him, but we haven't seen those things yet. Yeah. But the, the bowl game, 
this is where you can kind of see some of those things, I think. That's a big Arkansas offensive line. They have, they have, their left tackle is very good. Their right tackle is 6'9", like 3'12". So I just you just wonder about that. You wonder about the depth. I mean, they they even after all those the names you mentioned, there's really I don't know if there's anyone else they would even consider, you know, using at defensive end. So this is, to me is a fascinating game, and I'm just not sure how uh, John Scott, with a little help from Anthony Poindexter, uh, they're going to play it. I agree with you that Luketa is going to have to play some linebacker way more than he has all year, but. Is Penn State better off with him in the middle? Are they better off with him and Tarburton kind of at defensive end? It's it's a tough call. It's I'll tell you this, though, without getting into too much analysis, if Penn State's defense is on the field for more than 35 minutes, I don't. I just don't see – I mean, you remember the Wisconsin game when Wisconsin had 95 offensive snaps. Should that happen in this game, um, they're not going to be 16-10 to 10 winners. So, uh, But let's get back to Ebiketti. Uh, just real quick, uh, he's going to go to the Senior Bowl. I just think he's a hybrid player, much like Luketa. He could rush the passer stronger than he looks. Um, I, you know, I thought he played with some power. I just wonder how the NFL is going to view him. Is he could he play outside linebacker? Is he a guy that's got to play with his hand on the ground? I think it's going to be a hybrid role because I just don't know if he's big enough to play uh, defensive end with his hand in the ground. What do you think? Yeah, so he's six foot three, two hundred fifty six pounds, yeah. and I think that Maryland guy. I think, yeah, he's from uh, Montgomery County, uh, Ein- Albert Einstein uh, High School, uh, former Temple guy. So I guess he also gets to be a, a Philly guy as well. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it goes for pretty much any player where it's it's all about fit. It's all about who, where they go if they're in a good situation. But he does strike me as someone where if he gets in one of those kind of creative. Yeah. Uh, defenses like with Wink Martindale in Baltimore. That's kind of the mm-hmm. when you look at pass rushers, that's a name that comes to Go mind. Go back to back Penn State defensive ends. I would like that. <laughs> Ole yeah. and then Ebiketti. Why not? Yeah, and just kind of something like that kind of stands out to me. Maybe a coach. I'm obviously just I've, I'm out of the loop on NFL defensive coordinators okay. right now, but maybe someone who runs one of those three four schemes that likes to put four guys on the line of scrimmage sometimes. Mm-hmm move things around but i think that when you look at his athletic traits obviously we know he's a penn state guy so when it comes time for combine pro day those numbers are gonna be eye-catching and i think that he's someone where the eye test matches up with with the numbers Mm -hmm. um so i think that it'll be interesting to see kind of where he falls Uh, can he make it into day three um especially at such a Mm -hmm. premium position um like being an, an edge rusher, that outside linebacker. I, I think, Daniel, I think even though he was first team all Big Ten, everyone got so excited about Hutchinson and Ajabu that I still think he's still a little bit overlooked. And I, I think he's a guy that will absolutely show up at the Senior Bowl, not with a chip on his shoulder, but I just think that I think that he you saw what he did against Wisconsin, you saw what he did against uh, Michigan. Those offensive tackles that are going to be down there working on him uh, in, in one-on-one drills had better pack a lunch because he could embarrass them. I thought he was very dominant when he was singled up. And he, he did some things in games he didn't get a lot of credit for. I think he, he, can, he, can, he can rush outside. He can rush inside. He can rush with power. He, gets, he has a nice bend. I think he's one guy at a senior bowl that people at the start of the week are going to have a really high opinion of him. I think by the end of the senior bowl, he could be a guy that's early second round, late first round if, if he has a good week. And I think he's the kind of guy that 
is clearly not scared of a challenge. I think that was a pretty daunting schedule that he faced. You know, he faced some good offensive tackles, and I thought he was a big part of Penn State's defense in just about every game, and I thought he played his best against some of the best offensive tackles he faced. So I'm really happy for him. I'm not you like I like you said, I'm not surprised he left. I'm just curious why they waited till after Christmas. <laughs> after Christmas to do it. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. I think Jaquan Brisker's decision to not play in the bowl game out of all the players, even Jahan Dotson, out of all the players that decided to opt out, I think for a number of reasons, I think his decision to me makes the most sense just because he's, I think he's got, he's dealt with a physical issue all year that needs to get cleaned up one way or the other. Uh, I think he was hurt upper body a lot more than we really realized. And I really think had he been healthy, we could have even seen a better year from Jaquan. Yeah. I mean, in that Wisconsin game, he went down twice, two At times, least, three times. Yeah. Uh, I think in the Iowa game, he was one of the players that was down. I think in the Auburn game, there was a, a time where, where he went yeah. out and came back in. And he's someone where you kind of just saw the beating that he took. And yeah. he's someone he's out of eligibility. He was going to the NFL no matter what. And I yeah. think that I don't think he mentioned health in his statement because Ellis Brooks mentioned health. He wanted to get healthy in his statement. Yeah. Obviously, he had the hand, hand wrist. wrist, you know, playing with the cast on. But yeah, with Brisker, I mean, when you really think about it with kind of the number of times when you think back to, oh, wow, yeah, he was down in that game. He was mm. down in that game, but he came back every single time. Uh, it really stands out to you. And the fact that I, I didn't obviously didn't watch him in 2020 because right. I wasn't covering the team, but just kind of seeing him on a day in, day out basis, always around the ball, always in position to make plays. Uh, I thought that it was just kind of the he brought a lot to that defense and it's going to be a, a, a pretty big hole, uh, yeah. I think, moving forward. Yeah, and he was he's clearly the best safety that James Franklin has had at Penn State. A lot of Penn State fans love Marcus Allen, and he was a real key player on the 2016 team that won the Big Ten title. I think he played, I think he was a three-year starter that actually played a lot as a true freshman. Troy Apke did some nice things. In his one year uh, as a starter, wowed him at the combine. Nick Scott, I think, is playing defensive back and special teams for the Rams. But he was really a running back that converted after he saw Saquon Barkley up close and personal. <laughs> uh, so that was a really smart uh, decision by Nick. But I think that by a, by a large stretch, Jaquan Brisker uh, is has been the best safety that Penn State's had during Franklin's time. And really, when you look at his size, when you look and look how he can run, um, he's a physical player. Uh, he does not, you know, pro football focus charts it, does not miss a lot of tackles. And that is with a bad shoulder. And that play he made in the Wisconsin game, um, that was not an easy play that he made where he jumped in front of Jake Ferguson. Poor Graham Mertz. I just think that Graham Mertz, <laughs> Penn State might have ruined this kid. But if it wasn't Ed Bacchetti, it was Brisker. But I, I just think that he he has got range. He's got size. I think the safety position is becoming more and more important in today's NFL because it's a hybrid position. A lot of times that safety is actually a linebacker. And I think he's a guy that's, is, if he's healthy, he's not going to come off the field. I could see him 
quite frankly, in the first round conversation as well, Daniel. Um, and to, to think that he was a Pittsburgh kid that I don't want to say overlooked, uh, coming out of, of high school because he needed, he needed some seasoning at the JUCO level. But man, I don't know that anyone kind of really thought that he could do what he did. But Penn State's doubled down with it because now Jair Brown, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, we could talk about Jair next year the way we're talking about Brisker this year, and it would not surprise me. But So no Brisker. We got Jair Brown coming back for another year. But Penn State's going to need a couple safeties, especially in run support, to show up huge against this Arkansas running game. Well, you mentioned uh, Abiketti and Brisker uh, and their their impact on Graham Mertz, and Jair Brown was the other another guy, one uh, who had the the game ceiling yeah. interception after Brisker's pick. And I think him coming back is is big. Obviously, yeah. there was you could have had the conversation about whether or not he played himself into that draft conversation. Yeah. Four interceptions, uh, fifty six solo tackles. Love uh, the team, which is yeah a ton for a safety. And so I think him coming back is big. And I think that he's going to try to be brisker uh, in in that coming back for that third year, um, taking advantage of the COVID year from the NCAA, the Juco kid from Lackawanna. Obviously I think Brown, I think with his personality and with his play, he's obviously, he's not Jaquan brisker. He's, he's definitely his his own person. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the template is there. And I think that that's kind of what he's going to try to do. And, I think that he has a, a real good shot at it, but it's who is going to be his his running mate. Because he had the, the all Lackawanna safety duo mm-hmm. this year. And now next year, is it going to be Keaton Ellis? Yeah. Is it going to be Jalen Reed? Could we see one of these freshmen get time in there? Probably not. But there's just kind of the some some interesting pieces. And and I think Reed is obviously Keaton mm-hmm. Ellis. We've we've seen him for a couple of years, right. obviously. You never put it all together for one year, though. Yeah. Yeah. But but Reed is someone where they made the decision to burn his red shirt. I think yeah. he played in seven games this year, a lot on special teams. But down the stretch, they'd roll out a three-safety package uh, with Brown, Brisker, and Reed out there as, mm-hmm. as the third safety. So I think that I'm very intrigued by who is starting next to Brown on Saturday. And we're going to learn a lot about that player, whether it's Ellis or Reed or somebody else. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about them, especially when it comes to their approach to run support. I think that three safety uh, package might we might see a little bit of that against Arkansas just out of necessity, because, you know, if you're Penn State, you have, you know, you have Tariq Castro Fields, you have Joey Porter, you have Daquan Hardy. But I don't know if there's a situation with no Traylon Burks, who is Arkansas's stud wide out who who could you know be a, t- a first round pick as well there's just a lot of wide receivers that are good but he's a freak he's just a freak but at what point would you really want to put three corners on the field against the Arkansas offense with no Burks so to me if anything it's 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 one corner and maybe I mean I could I could just see a lot of hybrid defenses a lot of junk looks because if they're short at linebacker or they you know or or they want Luketa at defensive end if you're Penn State, you want to get your best eleven defensive players on the field mm-hmm. that could that could play and run support. And nothing against some of those corners, but that's not necessarily the strength of their game. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch 
what Poindexter, Anthony Poindexter does. He's calling the, he's going to call the defense. He knows the safeties, uh, better than, uh, obviously anyone on the team. I, I don't know what, what Penn State's going to do, but they're short in so many different areas that you could see some interesting. Are they going to play five defensive linemen in the game with three defensive tackles on the field at the same time? I don't know because I know this Arkansas team scored a lot of points. They ran for 217 yards a game. And Penn State literally is out. They, 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 they're missing three first team all Big Ten players and a couple other players that were tremendous. We haven't even mentioned Brandon Smith. It's crazy to see what a seven and five team is losing, uh, via the opt out in a bowl game. Safety is going to be very interesting. And I wanted to talk a little bit, just a little bit about some other young players in this game. You know, Kalen King, a corner, even though we're talking about a team that runs, I think that he's a guy that absolutely is going to play and he's going to play a lot. You know, I would think Landon Tengwall on the offensive line at left tackle. Why not? Why would you not see more of him inside? You know, Kaziah Izzard, Devon Elliott should be healthy uh, at linebacker. You know, Charlie Catcher's kind of a veteran. He's, he's a veteran player, but what about Tyler Elston, another guy that's going to have to play some snaps at linebacker because Laquetta can't play end at linebacker at the same time. Uh, and now uh, we got to sit, I mean, Dotson's out. They need, they're going to play three wideouts or they could play two tight ends. I would prefer three wideouts based <laughs> on how the tight ends block this year. There's going to be a, I wonder if it's my guy, Malik Mega. Yeah. So for me, kind of just going through the, going through the depth chart. I mean, I think Mega is the, is the wild card. I mean, I think that he's gotten gassed up a lot after uh, yeah. that touchdown catch against Rutgers, yeah. which obviously he had the speed. He was in the right place. Wide but, open. Uh, <laughs> de- Slightly wide open. Defense left a little to be desired, but yeah. we've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, I I'm, am very curious to see Keandre Lambert-Smith as not as much as not yeah. as much of a complimentary option, more of a, of a top yeah. two, two option, because I think that he, like, you know what you're going to get with Parker Washington. Right. Like, he's consi- Mr. Consistent. He's going to be over the middle. Maybe he'll break one when he gets the ball in his hands. But Lambert Smith is more of the – has shown a little bit more straight-line vertical, um, I think, um, along the offensive line. Olu Fashanu at left tackle. All right. He's someone that – I mean, Rashid Walker has spoke incredibly glowingly of him. Um, I just can't take seriously anything. You don't like the player phrase? No, I just can't. Any offensive lineman that speaks glowingly about another offensive lineman, given what we saw this year, grain of salt. (laughs) Grain of salt is the phrase that comes out. Other than Juice Scruggs, these guys have a lot to answer for. I'm sorry. I just think that I was a big Rasheed Walker fan at the start of the year. He still might be a good player, but... I, I need to see it. All I right. need to see All it, right. man. I need to see it. I'm just not sure, but go ahead. So, I mean, Fashanu, and then obviously the more Landon Tangwall that we see, yeah. the better, just because he can be definitely a cornerstone moving forward. Um, we talked a little bit about Zariah Fisher. Obviously, I want to see a lot of Jalen Reed. Um, yeah. And I do think we're going to see a lot of Kalen King. Uh, yeah. Joey Porter Jr. announced he's coming back. Um by all accounts, Tariq Castro Fields is on track to play. He's another guy who a mystery be, man. Yeah, you wouldn't have been surprised if he opted out. Um, yeah. but he'd kind of been rotating with Kalen King a little bit down mm-hmm. the stretch. So I think we'll see a lot of Kalen King. The linebackers, Kobe King and Jamari Budden. Um, I think that they could get a lot of run. I would need to double check on what their redshirt status is exactly. See, I think both those guys but played four. They've already played. They're four already exactly each. at four. So that's the thing. I, I don't know why Penn State put themselves in that bind. You know, it's early in the week. I could re I could recheck the figures, but I think they both have played in four games, which 
you know, in a game where you're seven and five and you're maybe not expected to win now after the opt outs, do you want to? Uh, the kids are always going to say, "I want to play." Yeah, but do you really want to? Pl- do you really want that year to count? Yeah, and one more defensive lineman. Love uh, it, Amin Vanover. I think that yeah, there's... Fatuma Mulba. That's the Susquehanna <laughs> Township football team guy. That's your visor team. Yeah, I know. He's my he's my on my visor. Uh, but uh, I think I mean Vanover is someone that yeah. James Franklin has said is an inside out guy. We saw him play in that interesting third down formation where he played the nose, and then they would have two <laughs> stand up guys, usually Ebiketti and Lucetta, on either side. Uh, so he's someone where I'm interested in seeing just. A little bit more. Um, he's someone who is a redshirt freshman, so he's had the time in the program, and I think that he's probably had to change his body a little bit, and I think that we'll kind of see where exactly his future yeah. is. Daniel, as we wrap up this Blue-White Breakdown podcast, I, I get the sense that Penn State fans are listening to this saying, you guys are really down on Penn State's chances in this bowl game. The, the opt-outs, people, the opt-outs. I mean, if you just look at what Arkansas did well this year, they you just don't lose that many NFL-caliber players from a team that, A, struggled to score points, and, B, lost five of their last seven, and, C, gave up 357 rushing yards to Illinois on homecoming at home. You just don't lose that many good players, and there's going to be an effect. So, And the defensive coordinators. And the defensive too. coordinators out the door. So I'm going to say we're more realistic. And I think that Penn State fans see this coming, too. Mm-hmm. I think, and we'll talk about it later in the week, Daniel, I think if you're a Penn State fan going into this game, you're excited just to see some young players do some good things. And there's there's some more young players I would like to see in the game that I'm not sure we're going to see in the game. But... I really don't think if you're a Penn State fan, you should get too worked up if Penn State loses this game because it's just a significant, significant amount of personnel losses. And, you know, you, you just don't know what the team's going to look like. But when you look at what Arkansas does well and Penn State's not so great at, I don't think we're being negative. I just think we're being realistic. And we're not homers. We are clearly not homers. I think this kind of verifies it. Any other thoughts? We're going to have two more of these podcasts a little bit later in the week, depending on how the Outback Bowl uh, week goes. There's a there's a hospitality suite here that's open to the media. We're both excited about it. We got we got in town a little too late to take advantage of it, but as we get later in the week, no promises. Daniel, any other any other thoughts on this podcast? Maybe about the opt outs or just a couple of things you're going to be looking for. This week, uh, it's a big tease for you, but go ahead. Yeah, I think that kind of what you just said about the number of opt outs and, and being realistic about yeah. what what we're going to see on Saturday. But and obviously, if I could have another chance to watch Jahan Dotson play, you, you take that 10 sure. out of 10. But at the same time, I am excited to to see something a little bit different. And I think that you looked at this year and I mean, there are some injuries here and there, but largely Penn State kind of rolled out the same you had the same lineups uh, outside of the Rutgers game because of Mm -hmm. the flu you know you pretty much had the the same lineups every single week and I think that now you get to see something different and I do think that there's an an intriguing intriguing group of younger players I mean and we're going to talk about a lot of them later in the week like we didn't even talk about Curtis Jacobs today and I think that he's someone who is going to love the guy love him I think he's going to be all over the place on Saturday so that's another tease for other things we'll talk about this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
I'm excited. Glad we're in Tampa. There's going to be Glad some recruiting news a little bit later in the week. Not a lot. Not yeah. a lot. Slow go. But we're going to have a couple recruiting tidbits for you. We're going to break down the game. I think we've both made our picks. I haven't uh, made my pick. You haven't made your pick yet, but it's it's coming. I can tell you. I'm looking at your your eye spinning right now, and you're getting closer to making your pick. I'm excited for that. Uh, but we're going to have a lot to get to uh, on a couple more podcasts this week from Tampa, from Daniel Gallon's hotel room. Uh, this is the first of me- of several Blue White Breakdown podcasts, and I'm excited about the next two. So I hope you guys check all three of them out. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>